The Dancing on Our Disabilities show is a global forum where you're invited to share your personal story of survival and triumph over disability. A meeting place to gather information from experts in the medical community and additional resources for the enrichment of society. A group dedicated to bringing information, support, and love into the lives of people with disabilities as well as their caregivers. Welcome to NSI and DOOD Radio, which are abbreviations for Never Say Impossible and Dancing on Our Disabilities. My name is Myra. I'm your host, a.k.a. the Never Say Impossible Lady. I feel so lucky to meet so many gifted and talented people who want to share with you, my listeners, tell you their stories and how they create success in life despite adversity. No one escapes. We all face adversity at some point or another. Today we are speaking with Marianne Florentino who is an amazing singer with great talent. She was born in the Dominican Republic and brought to the United States by adoptive parents. What was unknown to Marianne and her parents is that she had some serious difficulties, a learning disorder, and some other emotional issues that she had to deal with. She had... Tremendous mood swings, and a particular disorder called auditory processing disorder. This made growing up, going to school very difficult for her. There is a happy ending to the story, and we're going to hear it from Mary Ann in just one minute after a short break. So please stay tuned because it's going to be good. Do you have a V-Card Global yet? Do you know what it is? It's amazing. It's a virtual business card, the ultimate marketing tool. Imagine never having to print another business card again. And best of all, you can have one for free. All you have to do is visit www.myraspeaks.com and grab your free B-card. That's M-Y-R-A-S-P-E-A-K-S dot com, Myra Speaks. Advertise and promote yourself, your business, your products and services on your smart devices or computer. Use it as a contact management system. Keep track of all your friends, family, business associates, downline, employees, prospects on your smart device and automatically update all information. Use it as an instant referral system. You can't beat it. Grab it while it's free. Once again, Visit www.myraspeaks.com and get your free B-card today. 
Welcome, Marianne, to NSINDOOD Radio. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm really excited to have you. You have quite a story. And what I would love you to do is share your story with our listeners, starting from when you were adopted and brought to the U.S. Tell us about that. Well, I was adopted. <laughs> I was adopted from uh, Santo, de Domingo, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. I was only, um, me and my twin sister, Juliana, were only um, uh, babies. We were only about a month old. And this was back in 1984. So this is like 32 years ago. So, uh, you know, and we were brought, brought to the um, United States. And uh, basically, we were malnourished when we were born, very mm-hmm. malnourished. And doctors thought we were going to die if we did not, if we were not adopted. And you know, um, my mom at the time she had my brother Michael already, and she was. And my mom was told that oh, there was, there were two babies who were who um, who were born and. If we were not adopted, we would die. So my mom got to see us, and, you know, and she wanted to adopt us. She wanted more children. She wanted um, my brother to have um, siblings. So that's basically how it all started. So there were three of you. Yes. The natural, the natural son and you and well, No, no, no. He wasn't natural. He, he, was, he was born in Dominican Republic, too. But he was, um, he was two years old. Um, yeah, he was he was two years old at the time, but like my brother was getting a bit spoiled, so like, <laughs> <laughs> so yes. And my mom, she had a, a brother, and my dad, he had siblings, so she wanted my mom wanted the, my brother not to be the only child. That's kind of lucky for all of you because I think you ended up having more than you yes. would have if you had never been adopted or separated your so you and your sister are together how beautiful yes my dad he didn't want us he didn't want to not saying he didn't want us just that he had no idea that there was going to be twins and he's like no you choose one <laughs> and you know it was just crazy because my dad he was he, it's different for a woman than for is for a man to respond to babies I know because are, they don't carry them in their they in their they, womb. they don't have that they don't warm up to them until later on yeah until you interact with them too but you were very young so you don't remember anything about you know your natural parents no 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 all i know is that my natural mom she had 13 children wow yeah she had 13 children and this is the poor side of santa domingo and she had 13 kids and they were all had they were all had different problems like um malnourishment and i think my mom i believe was malnourished herself so yeah that's quite a story and then you came and you're having a normal childhood until school. What happened? Um, norm. I never really had a normal childhood. Um, it wasn't because I had I had to grow up um, with um, having to um, older parents. My parents were 
My mom was in her 50s when she adopted us. Wow, that is mature. Yeah, my dad was in his 60s. So my dad just recently passed away at the age of 93 this past June. I'm sorry. And my mom, she's only 83. So, and I'm only 32, so you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so basically, um, I mean, it wasn't very easy growing up with with older parents because generation-wise, it's just so off. I do get that. I had my children very young, very young. I had two daughters. They were like my friends. I understood yeah. everything. You know, it was easy for me to sit on the floor and play with them and do all of that because I was 20. So it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, you want to do what? As a grandmother now, and, and I, I took care of my grandson for, but it was a lot harder than it was when I was young. So I can understand what you mean when you said you didn't have a normal childhood. So what happened when you went to school, though? Um, it was it was difficult because, like, I didn't, I was the only one in class that had to deal with um, being adopted. I was the only kid in, in class who had adopted parents who were, Cauca- like, Caucasian. And um, I don't think it had to deal with that because they were just Caucasian. It was just that I was adopted, you know, and that was just strange. It was weird. And I would say, like, um, you know, I probably told somebody that uh, my mom, she had 13 children. They're like, oh, your mom's like this, your mom's that. And, I, and you know what that is, so I'm not going to say what it is. So, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I know, you know some, a lot of negative things, but that's just their culture to have a lot of children. Kid, you don't kind of understand that stuff, and you say a lot of stupid things. Well, also, I think it's difficult because if you don't really physically look like your parents, if there's a difference in some way, kids will point that out right away. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you you always had to come back with a retort or an answer and be defensive in a way. Yeah, and my mom, she always said, just ignore them. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. Just ignore them, and they'll stop. And, you know, I I mean, it was just really difficult because I just had to deal with parents who were much older, and, like, they just really did not understand how bullying can – because it's just – it started at a very young age. And, I mean, bullying could – it could be anywhere. It could be at any age. And the people, there are people who just don't understand that bullying could affect a person throughout their whole lives and psychologically, mentally, and it's just, it's just not right to be um, teased or bullied. It's a very cruel thing to do to another human being because no one's perfect. No. And a lot of people have invisible disabilities that they hide, and it could be a math disability, like you can't add well, it's a disability, but you can't tease somebody about it or make yeah. fun of them if they get panic-stricken when they're trying to count change or something. So I agree with you. I think it's it's a very unkind act, and it does go on through life, through our entire life, particularly 
some people who enjoy making other people feel small. So I'm really sorry you had to go through that. I believe I read that you also had a learning disability. Disabilities. (laughs) Yeah, plural. (laughs) Plural. Um, Basically, yes, I have ADD. I have auditory processing disability. And I have a math disability. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. I have a grandson who has um, auditory processing disorder, and I know exactly what it is. Yes, like, you know, it's just hard because in school, like, it was crazy because it was diagnosed when I was in college, when when I went to a conservatory. And it was kind of embarrassing because it's like, well, what went wrong with all these other crazy teachers? Why didn't? Why wasn't this diagnosed? Why didn't they care? Why wasn't something done about this? Because my twin sister, she was diagnosed. Well, she had a hard time learning how to read, and she just basically had a hard. She had a hard time learning how to read, and um, teachers were on her like, you know, how come your kid can't read? How come, you know? You know, uh, she's They're having sort a of making time. that her feel ostracized exactly. when she really had exactly. a problem. And she mm. had a hard time, you know. So anything that she started in life, she gave up, and it's just sad. And you know, for me, I've had teachers who were who gunned at me, but like I've always had, um, basically thought to always try to do my best in school. Even though my grades weren't the best, I tried to always do my best because I wanted to go to a, a good college and succeed in life. Your gift of your beautiful voice is a wonderful gift because it gave you a passion, a reason. When the cards are down and things aren't going well for you, you had that to fall back on. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful. Did your sister inherit that gift as well? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> I, and I can't say a curse word for it because yes. <laughs> Heck to the yes. That's the best I could say it. Um, yes, she, she is. She's got a, a wonderful voice. It's just that she's the type of person. It's, you have to have a certain personality for it. She does, she's not the type of person who will, you have to work extremely hard in order to, to get where you want to be in it. And she does not have that drive. That's why I, I know, it's perseverance. Yes. It's, All it's the way. Not, she's like, I yeah. don't. <laughs> you have to, and, and when you get knocked down, everybody gets a bruise. Everybody does. But it's the ability to get back up again that makes the difference and say so did my dad as well he was also um he was also a singer mm-hmm. he was a um professional opera singer and he uh basically he had a hard time you know um he, he had he he basically tried to get into the music business but like he just he didn't get anywhere with it mm. well there's a, there's an element to all success, whether it's um, visual or musical or writing or whatever it is that you're doing that's creative, it's very hard to 
promote yourself. Exactly. It's easy to promote somebody else, much easier than it is to promote yourself. And therein lies the problem for many people. I had a musical, uh, a father who was a performer, a stage performer on Broadway. And, you know, when I read this story, I went, gosh, I wasn't adopted, but I had a white mother and an island father. So I was reading and I was saying, oh my goodness, I understand completely and my gift was art. So it saved me. It saved me from the torture of of just growing up in a situation. I happened to have had polio when I was a kid. So I, I had something that gave me passion and a reason to say, I can do it. I can do this. I have this gift. So I understand, and I admire you, and I really respect how hard you've worked. You managed to to go to the very prestigious school in Princeton, so that's fantastic too. How did your your problems, the ADD and the auditory processing disorder, did they interfere with your friendships? Good question. I didn't have any friendships. Well, you had your sister. <laughs> I had a sister. I mean, she was she was a friend. She was my she was a good friend because she knows me. She knows how quirky I am. So that's easier to know. It's easier to know someone when you're when you're living with them, um, to like them because you have to. She, she's my sister. But I, I really didn't. I really didn't have any friends growing up until um, when I was in school. Um, I was bullied throughout until I uh, transferred schools. Um, I told my my mom like it's either you know uh, I want to I want I want to transfer schools or I'm dropping out of school. And this was when I was 16. Oh, that's and, such a hard age. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Because, I mean, I was at the point I was really depressed and I was just really uh, to a point where I was being bullied every single day for, um, you know, because my depression started to get into um, my daily life. I was basically, um, I had poor, very poor hygiene um, and it started to show and, um you know, it was being talked about, it was being mocked, and people just didn't understand what was going on. I didn't even understand what was going on. Well, did your mother intervene? Um, no, she just, she thought it was pretty normal. And I was questioning myself, how come I'm not like the other kids? You know, how come I'm not, I just, I'm just a big misfit. Why am I such a misfit? Like, my sister is more normal than I would ever be. Why was I such a did not fit in? Like I could could not fit into any any clique or anything, you know. Was, well, I do I do understand. Are you fraternal then? Yes. You and your, okay, so you're not identical. All right. The friendship thing in school is really it's built up to be something more important than it really should be. Yeah. When you're a t- teenager and you, you're in school, you think being part of the, the whole clan is the most important thing in the world. But 
it's pretty shocking to find out how many people do feel like a square peg in a round world. So I get it. How did you get over that? Well, the thing of it is, is that um, how did I get over it? Like, I did have one friend, and I really don't want to go into um, what happened. Basically, okay. uh, how we became friends because she's much older, and I really don't have her permission to talk about to talk to you or talk to about her. But she was a very good friend, very influential. She she's much she was much older in her fifties. And she's the one who really inspired me in music. She really inspired me in, in a lot of different things to, and, and to really get through those really tough times. And that's basically all I'm going to say. And since I don't have her permission to talk. That's okay. I understand. That's, I, that's, that's perfectly fine. Go. That's perfectly fine. So here you are with this magnificent voice. When did you decide to make a career out of it? And when did, first of all, you had to be listening to your father sing occasionally. Yes, so yes. that that's an inspiration right there. But when did you decide, this is for me, this is what I want to do? How old were you? I, I think I wanted to, since I possibly could possibly remember, you know, uh, imagining myself every time when I listen to a recording of uh, songs from popular singers, I would imagine me on stage singing that, you know, or every time when I see something on YouTube or, okay, this is now, but like even then or, or recordings or anything, I would imagine myself doing that. And you are doing it. Yes. It's wonderful. So I want to make sure that we, before I ask you a few more questions, that you tell the audience that you have a performance coming up. Tell them where it is. Yes, at I what do have day. a performance coming up. It's going to be um, at where I went to college, at Westminster Choir College um, in Bristol Chapel, May 13th um, at 4 o'clock. And what else? Um, tickets are at TicketRiver.com. You just... Type in my name, Marianne Diamond Fiorentino. You can also type in Marianne Fiorentino and still get it. Like, it's no big deal. And also, I have music that you can listen to where you could just type in Marianne Fiorentino or Marianne by request. and um, On YouTube. I, yeah, on, on YouTube. You could go to YouTube or CD Baby to purchase my music or 24-7 Google Music Store. Amazon MP3, Shazam, so Sound Exchange, Apple iTunes, Great Indie Music, and Tradebit. Um, I'm pretty much singing. I'm going to be singing Disney musical theater, pop, gospel, and classical music. So, yeah, you love classical music, don't you? I was weaned on it, so I understand. My my mother was Austrian, and she loved classical music. At that particular time. Music wasn't the way it is today. I mean, uh -huh. I'm older, so it was a big deal if I put on pop music. She hated it. <laughs> she wanted to listen to Wagner and, and different uh, opera, Puccini and all of that. That's yeah. what she listened to. So that's what I grew up loving. However, 
I didn't inherit any talent for singing. So I am really in awe of what you're doing. I think it's so wonderful to be able to use your voice to project that way and to take people to another place in time to change their mood, to make them happy. If they feel sad, they can listen to you sing something sad and they can wallow in it. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful gift because it's a language that everybody understands. That's my feeling about your gift personally. What's your website? How do people, if they want to book you, uh, to perform at a particular event, where do they go? Oh, geez, it's a long website, and I'll give it to you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to change it somehow, but, like, here's the website. Um, my website is www.marianne, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-E, Fiorentino, F-S and Frank, I-O-R-E-N-T-I-N-O, dot Wix, which is W-I-X dot com, forward slash diamond, which is D-Y-M-O-N-D. I will say that on in the blog, it's in the blog. So if anybody wants to actually, they didn't catch it, they're going to be listening to this somewhere where they can't write it down and they're never going to remember it, I put it in the blog. And the blog is on my website, and it's going to be on Facebook and LinkedIn and everywhere. So anybody who listens to it, can find your information. Now, I have something, a, a kind of peculiar question to ask you. Okay. When you discovered that you had these learning challenges, let's put it that way, the challenges, I personally don't like the word disability. But how did you feel about that, that if they had caught it earlier, like maybe in grade school, and they had put you in special ed, do you really believe that that word is appropriate, disability? I think, I think, I think the reason why I wasn't tested, and I think, I honestly think because my mom feared if I went into special classes that I would be, like you said, ostracized. I wouldn't have been considered smart enough. I wouldn't be able to be with, like, the other kids. And you would have been put in one big bag yeah. with people that, with different challenges, a lot more severe than you sometimes. Right. And you wouldn't have been able to interact. So if I was diagnosed earlier, I could have felt more at ease where I could not have worked so darn I can't say a curse word, darn her hard, and um, would have made friends and had relationships and, you know, uh, had friendships and stuff like that. It, would, I, it wouldn't have been such a struggle because that's all I ever concentrated on was my work. You're a very special, strong yeah. young woman, and I think it, an inspiration to everyone. I personally just don't like putting people in. I think special education is wonderful, but in some schools, I think it can slow a person who functions on a higher level down because they're going to put you in a class. Let's say it's math, your math challenge, which you said you were. Yeah. And if they put you in a class where some of the students 
would be performing at a, a less excelled rate than you, it would have slowed you down. So there are pros and cons to both. Yeah. Yeah. But you made it. That's the most important thing. You made it, and you're working towards this career that I know you're going to be a success with. And I also think there's another part of your story that I would like to see you do with it. I would like to see you talk to kids in schools and talk to young people who are suffering secretly and nobody really knows, like you, you were suffering secretly. So if you could give them hope by speaking to them that you can overcome this, and I did. Look at me, and look what I do. I think you should speak publicly, and that's my personal opinion. <laughs> and help some people that, that feel really lost and maybe don't have your gift. Mm-hmm. Not that gift, anyway. Yeah. So who do you want to inspire most? Who do I want to inspire most? I think everybody. Mm-hmm. What are your biggest fears? My biggest fears in life is not living up to my full potential. Just letting people telling me what they want me to do in life and not being able to experience what I want in life. And basically living a life not have done nothing. I'd rather live a, a full life making mistakes than have done nothing. Beautifully said. What would you like to say to inspire people who are in their teens, feeling a little lost, feeling afraid, and not knowing what the future would hold for them because they have a learning disability? What would you like to say to inspire them? I would have to say that um, there are plenty of people out there who feel that way. Um, The greatest people who have done something great in their lives um, who have felt this way at a a young age, especially teenagers, because um, teenagers, when you're a teenager, when you're a kid, you're supposed to um, conform, be like everybody else. Soon enough, we have to learn how to grow up. When I was 16, I was completely lost. I mean, just hang in there. High school does not last forever, you know. It's only four years, and I know when I was a kid, it's eternity. But I would have to say that there are many role models out there. There are many. I would have to say, like, watch the show Glee. Have you ever heard of the show Glee? Yes. Okay, I watched that show, and it, it was a show about, about a bunch of misfits who basically joined this glee club, and they were slushied every day in school. They, they make it look really funny. It's a comedy dramatic, um, drama comedy show, and it ended, it was, it was for six seasons. It ended in 015, but it really inspired me to... Um, do what I'm doing now, and it was it was such a tremendous help because there are people out there who feel this way, and it, and it has different. And it, it's a they're a bunch of talented kids, but they're not kids; they're teenagers. But like uh, like that's like a kid. And, yes, like <laughs> Leah Michelle, Darren, Chris, uh, Chris Colfer, Matthew Morrison. The, the cast is just amazing, and 
you know, um, to really um, to really um, pay attention to the show, and they even have on YouTube and Pandora their music to really listen to it because it's very inspiring to people who are struggling with with um, learning issues and being accepted because that's how what it is in in socializing in socializing throughout the that's just what it's about and I really love that show and to tell you the truth on the off note. Um, not the off note, end note, um, one of the cast members got in contact with me. Uh, this, is back, this is back in 014, and uh, his name was Cord Overstreet. He listened to my music um, when it was on. Uh, he, he actually, he actually I, I befriend, sent out a, a friend request on Facebook, and he befriended me, and he listened to my music, and he really loved it. And I almost had like a heart attack when he, I, I heard the response from him, but like I would I would love to meet the whole cast. Like it was they're amazing cast. You have expressed what you believe people should do when they find themselves a little lost, particularly in the early years, when before yeah. adulthood. So remember everybody, Glee is a great show to watch. And yeah. you will get through this. It's all about your attitude. Yes. And I want to say thank you so much for blessing us all with your music, your perseverance, and sharing a rather difficult story with us. But it's not easy to admit that you had such a painful teenage life. But I appreciate that you did it because that's what this show is about. I want to inspire other people to believe in themselves. And you are the perfect example of somebody who believed in yourself enough to get through it all. Thank you, Marianne. And I would like to, um, I would like to sing something. Please do. <laughs> like, I'm not going to leave the show without singing something. Yes. Okay, um, this song is called I'll Be Seeing You. So here we go. Okay. I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar places that this heart of mine embraces all day through. children's carousel, the chestnut trees, the wishing well. I'll be seeing you in every lovely summer's day, in everything that's light and gay. I'll always think of you that way. I'll find you in the morning sun And when the night is new I'll be looking at the moon And I'll be seeing you I'll find you in the morning sun And when 
thank you so much. That was beautiful. Uh, thanks. Um, and I almost cried. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome back. I want you to keep me in, uh, abreast of where you're performing and what you're doing, and you're welcome back anytime to join us. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much. I dearly appreciate it. I had a ball. Great. Even with our technical problems. Oh, yes. <laughs> Even with the technical problems. That's, that was okay. That's all right. I, I'm like the world's nicest person. I mean, that's all right. I had nothing, you know, it, you know crap happens. Oh, I said. <laughs> that's okay. This is, this, this is the yeah. podcast. Nobody's going to come in and say, you can't say that word. (laughs) Anyway, I want to say thank you once more time. And thank you out there in cyberspace for listening. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash never say impossible radio. Also facebook.com forward slash dancing on our disabilities radio. Remember to like the page when you visit. You can also find us listed as, and these are capital letters, N-S-I-N-D-O-O-D, and that's the AmpiSign, N-S-I-N-D-O-O-D Radio on Stitcher.com, iTunes, TuneIn, TalkShoe, and my website, MyraGoldick.com, in the show archives and blog section. Remember, until next time, Never say impossible. And when the music starts to play, dance with your heart and your mind. You've been listening to Dancing on Our Disabilities, a production created for the people and by the people. If you wish to contribute information, your story, or reliable, validated medical information to our program, please visit Myra Goldick or visit our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash dancing on our disabilities.